Welcome to another episode of Live from the Blue Seats. I'm your host, Rob, joined as always by Dave and Becky. On today's show, Dave is ornery, JT Miller is back on the radar, Greg McKegg and Libor Hayek are still on this team, and yet the Rangers keep on winning. Entering play tonight, Tuesday, the Rangers were two points uh, ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Of course, Carolina does have those four games in hand. We will discuss all that. We'll discuss the successful five-game road trip. Some new trade rumors, some old trade rumors, and we'll answer all of your questions from the Twitterverse. But first, Becky, after a one-week hiatus, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It was nice to take the week off and do work at night. Um, And now I'm back here, so thanks for having me, guys. And you get to poke the bear since, uh, you know, that's one thing you enjoy doing, and I'm a little bit, uh, as Rob put it, ornery. That's facts. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, and we'll dig into all that, you know, Dave, especially uh, it was noticeable on Twitter, both uh, on the Blue Seat Blogs group chat, but also out there on your feed. So I think, you know, definitely want to get into why you're in that headspace. Again, considering what I just said, the Rangers are in first place playing pretty well. We're aware of the five five on five issues. I'm sure we'll talk about all that Um, just to sort of level set where the Rangers stand at the moment. They are finishing up the latest extended break in their schedule. Uh, When you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, they do finally have a game tonight versus the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. 7.30 start. Uh, And I believe it's a TNT game. So uh, no MSG coverage. They're back on MSG on Friday. But um, they came off a actually a pretty successful road trip that included the four big West Coast games. We talked about that West Coast swing in detail the last couple of weeks. It was such a long road trip. So they finished up with a win, a shutout win over San Jose. Second time this year, they shut out the Sharks. 3-0, that was uh, last Thursday. And then Saturday, uh, they came from behind in the third period to beat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2, um, with Philip Hedl getting the game-tying goal, Chris Kreider getting the game-winning goal. Um, just to sort of jump back quickly to that San Jose game, I think the most, um, the biggest news item to come out of that uh, one was, first of all, Igor Shesterkin returning and getting a shutout. But the guy's so incredible, you know, that's maybe not not the most newsworthy thing. Really more so was Braden Schneider's first career goal. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys were up for that game. That was a 1030 start. But I think maybe let's just take a second to talk about Schneider specifically. Um, Dave, what have we seen from Schneider so far? And, and do you think he kind of is cementing himself as this team's, you know, rookie uh, six defenseman? So, um, warning on this one. I only really watched one period of the San Jose game. I didn't see his goal, and I was half watching the Flyers game. I was at my sister and brother-in-law's place, so I did the best I could. The two things on Schneider. One, I really like how he's not afraid to step up at the blue line, either blue line. He's... Not on his heels like most rookie defensemen are. He's not just being cautious with his game. He's aggressive. He's going after it. And with that skill set and that that just core score skill blah 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 course. Oh my god, I can't talk. I'm just gonna fuck it. The the skill set that he has. He's going to have a good NHL career as long as he remains aggressive. Um, but the second thing is, it is so painfully obvious that the Rangers did not want to have Nils Lundqvist in the lineup, despite outplaying Patrick Nemeth and playing better away from Patrick Nemeth and outplaying whatever the fuck Libor Hayek and Jared Tenorti do. He was not given a chance with Braden Schneider, nor was Zach Jones, and we'll get to that. But the, the it's so clear that the Rangers, from the day they drafted Schneider and the fist pump video that JD had, that they valued Schneider so much more over Lundqvist, which is perfectly fine, by the way. It's fine. They never really gave Lundqvist a true shot, though. And now Schneider is basically cemented into the lineup unless, you know, somebody Tanya Harding's him. And I'm fine with that. I like that he's getting the shot. I like that they actually used the fucking Hartford Wolfpack in the AHL to develop him. 
And I like that he's ahead of schedule. I thought he was going to spend the whole year here. He's going to be great. I think that he's going to be great when eventually paired with Zach Jones if the Rangers get their head out of their asses. Uh, but yeah, so far, so good. It's only been two games. I really like it so far. And that was a lot of F-bombs and me not being able to talk. <laughs> Becky, what about um, Niels Lundqvist in this? You know, uh, Dave, I'm going to disagree a little bit with your characterization. I think he got a shot. I mean, he played 25 games. That's not not giving a guy a shot. Um, and I do think he'll benefit from some time in the AHL the way Schneider did. But, you know, Becky, just on on your – what are your thoughts on Lundqvist? And I guess I, do you have a preference? Would you rather have the offensively-minded, you know, guy that has a little bit more puck skill, Lundqvist, or the more defensively responsible, at least by reputation, Schneider? I don't um, – I don't hate Lundqvist being sent down because I don't think it's forever. Um but that's in like a normal life. Like I hate it when I have Libor Hayek on my team and Jared Tenorti on my team. You know, like if uh, if there were better, rely like not even better, just like I don't know, replacement level players playing instead. Like I'd feel better about it. I'm not a person who feels like you shouldn't send a young player down to get some playing time to just work on whatever the hell they need to work on and bring them back. Like it to me, it's not like, oh, my gosh, they got sent down. So like that's it for them with the Rangers. They are done. They are never going to play again. We have totally fucked up. But something about playing Libor Hayek just makes me very sad. Just, yeah, and I want to hurts me. Yeah, I want to clarify that. I'm not mad that he got sent down. You know, my orneriness? Ornarianin? No. I got nothing. I don't know what word I'm looking for here. Uh, is less about Lundqvist being sent down and more about the bigger picture. Lundqvist in the AHL is fine because... He probably needed it. We spoke last week or two weeks ago that there was something about his game that was missing. But there was also something about his game where he was saddled with Nemeth, who couldn't do shit in the first 25 games. Or Tenorti, who... (laughs) Or Hayek, who... Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Is that really giving him a shot? Put him with an NHL player, for fuck's sake. And I know well, Brady Schneider played fine with Patrick Nemeth. I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nemeth- I think, like, I think, and I think Schneider, like, again, give him the shot. It's good that they're bringing him up. But he looked, I he, look, I, everyone knows I was asleep for the San Jose game. Like, I watched the first period, and then I woke up, and they were like, they won. They shut him out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I, but I watched the replays, and, like, I saw his goal, and I, he looks great, and, but it's been two games. So let's, I'll take a chill pill and just, you know, actually, that's like a really shitty thing to say. Like, a chill pill? Was that our generation? Like, who was like, did Xanax, like, fucking patent that phrase? Like, what? Anyway. Yo, way to date yourself, by the way. Take a chill pill. The early 2000s called. I'm turning 35 in two weeks. Like, I'm not, I, I do not pretend to be young, folks. Like, I just... And I'm the youngest one here, so zip it, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah. anyway, going back to that, like, I, I like how Schneider looks so far. I think it's it's interesting. I'm glad he's playing. But I think that there's a bigger problem than just, you know, Lundqvist got sent down and now Schneider's playing and whatever. Like, I, Nemeth is not what he was supposed to be. And that's a big part of it. So... I don't know. It takes people some time to adjust, but like you kind of have that grace period more with a player like a Truba who is pretty well established before he comes to New York. So. Yeah. And also a guy who they asked to change his role. I mean, he was more of a scoring defenseman in Winnipeg. He had a 50 point yeah. season. Then he came here and they were like, we want you to be like a shutdown leader type, you know, and that, and that's, uh, you know, cause they, they were, especially once Fox turned into what he was, he, he's ended yeah. up being. Right. It was kind of like we're cha- we want you to change your game. And I think that's something that's been lost in a lot of the Jacob Truba discussion. Maybe he can't change his game because he does tend to want to jump into the play. And, you know, people have talked about the optimal pairs. We don't need to go there right now. <laughs> but um, I, you used the term before, Becky, replacement level player. And 
that's exactly what your seventh defenseman should be. And, and the Rangers, yeah. the way they've constructed this roster, do not have that. They, they valued the grit and toughness and fighting of Tenorti. And we do not know why Libor Hayek remains on this roster. But neither of them are replacement level players. Ideally, that slot is filled by a Frederick Clayson type. He's one of those guys who's always out there on waivers, always puts up decent numbers, but never hangs around with the team for more than 40 games or so. Um, and then I think, you know, you, you have Nemeth, and if he doesn't pan out, you go to that 7th D while rotating in um, a rookie to see how, whether it's Schneider or Lundqvist Jones, to see how that goes. So, look, I mean, great job by Schneider in his first game. He was not noticeable in a good way or a bad way against Philly. That game, again, the Rangers end up winning it 3-2. to two. The, the Flyers are terrible. Let's just call a spade a spade here. I mean, that is not a good team. They are not going to make the playoffs. They're, they're probably going to sell off the useful parts of their roster, of which there are not many, by the way. Go through that list of names. It is a lot of crap. Um, and the Rangers were good in the first two periods. They, they won the shot and expected goals battle. But then the Flyers pushed. They, they'd lost, I think, six or seven in a row. They came out really desperate in the third and dominated the Rangers, truly. But, you know, this was like a classic New York Rangers game where they go down 2-1, and the next shift out is the Panarin line. He puts a beautiful extra pass on the stick of Filipino wide open in front of the net, tap-in goal, and then Kreider gets a game winner. The game winner a few uh, moments later off a deflection set up beautifully by Adam Fox. And with Igor Shesterkin in net, that's all you need. So the Rangers win that one 3 2 um, Dave, I know you said you were only sort of half watching, but any takeaways from that uh, flyer game for you? As I dropped my phone, looking something up, um, I got nothing. Um, the only thing I'd like, general statement is this is a team that last year, when they got down 2 1 halfway through the third period, they gave up. They were done. They were not winning that game. Yeah. Now, 10 seconds later, third, however long, 30 seconds later, you know, Heedle scores. Kreider gets the game winner three minutes later. There's a different aura around this team, and that's something we spoke about a while ago, that they there's a different feel about the team. Even as we see the obvious holes and the obvious hole in the front office, there there's still a different aura about this locker room and how they approach the game and that's something you can't quantify as a stack guy that's almost impossible to quantify yet it matters and it matters for the playoffs so that's something good you want to see i totally agree i think that's perfect yeah i think i couldn't agree more as well i think we're all all in agreement there and it does seem like they've handled adversity much much better this year and that is a uh, was a big thing coming out of last year and and, and everything that that year threw out them threw at them, and it was a very weird year as we know on the ice, off the ice, in Russia, you know, uh, in the locker room. Um, the Rangers are just much more well prepared for um, the challenges of playing through a pandemic, the challenges of a normal NHL season, um, and I think that does come down to some of the veterans they brought in, some of the experience that the younger players have already had. So. No, I, I, I totally agree. One last thing I wanted to bring up. Becky, I want to get your thoughts just on Philip Heedle. So he has now a little point streak going. He's got four points. Uh, he's got a point in four straight games. He had three assists. Uh, and then obviously the goal on Saturday. He's been playing on the wing in that whole, uh, during that whole stretch. He's getting a chance to play with Strom and Panarin. Um, do you think this is like the best thing for him going forward? Do you, do you think they keep him on the wing? Um, and, and what do you like from Heedle lately? Well, I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that's pretty basic. I don't know what their underlying numbers look like lately. Like, I haven't looked at any charts. Sorry. Um, I can pull that but, up. Thanks. But um, if, if he's producing, then that's great. Because forgetting about whatever, even if the charts are not that beautiful, get points will give you confidence. So, yeah, if it's working right now, I say keep it up. Like, why the hell not? You're winning and you're getting points. Um, is it going to be a long-term solution? I don't know. He's, what, 22 years old? Like, we always talk about this. He's, like, five years old. So I don't think we need to make any broad strokes decisions about his entire career based on how he's played over four games. You know, it's a point streak. That's great. 
but he also still has, what, 13 points on the season? He needs to be better. So let's take it step by step, day by day, and just let him play and let, let's see if he can keep accumulating points with Stroman Panarin. So those numbers. Uh, no bueno? I, uh, I'm not sure if this is a product <laughs> of, just, <laughs> of just the well, recent Well, also only came back a couple of games ago, cause, but he yeah. was playing on the wing since the Vegas game, I know. So uh, 24 minutes on ice, which really isn't that great of a sample. Oh, that's a bad sample size. I've seen much smaller sample sizes on my timeline lately. Uh, well, uh, uh, I... I'm sorry. I might be more ornery than you are tonight. Well, oh, oh no. The, that That's up there. Uh, uh, the, you had to see me clench my fist. I wish that there was some kind of video attached to this one. Cause you could see the fin- never. Fist clench. Never. So their Corsi 4% is 41%. Their okay. Corsi against per 60 is over 80 Okay, that's bad. That that's real bad. Like over yeah, bad. eighty is like you're spending a good amount of time in your own zone. The expected goals for percent is twenty eight percent. Their expected goals against per sixty is four point eight, which is nice. oh, so fucking bad. Now yeah, that's awful. Um, it is worth noting that we've spent a lot of time. Kind of, or I have spent a lot of time going over the Strom Panarin connection, and they've just been one and done. That's it. They they get one shot and they're done. And yep. they spend a lot of time in the defensive zone. Yeah. And it's because of the they if they don't get a rush chance, they don't forecheck. They barely, uh, I should say, they don't forecheck. Panarin barely backchecks. Strom does sometimes. And if they don't score on that one play where they make four or five passes, the puck goes the other way. So luckily, those two happen to be good, and it puts they wind up with relatively decent numbers, but nowhere near what their skill sets should be. So what's right, the well, solution? Well, I was just going to say, I think this is why they've always preferred that Jesper Faust, Colin Blackwell, we always talk about this, that type of guy because uh, as the third player on that line because it's somebody who can retrieve the puck, forecheck, backcheck, you know, lead to a little bit more offensive zone time and possession time. I mean, ideally that person is also a great shooter. They actually have not played with somebody who is also, you know, pairs that gritty skill set with a great shot, right? Joe like Pavelski. Exactly. And that's where you get into the trade target discussion, which will come Dave, on that to was a, terrifying. a little bit. Yeah, that was a little weird. That, that was, was extremely the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> Paul Stasny. What is happening right now? <laughs> but, but you know, look, Filipino, probably not that guy in terms of the uh, grittiness, although you never know. I mean, you know, Buchnevich was miscast as a skilled player for a long time, and he ended up being more of that gritty type. I think the same thing of Capo Caco, honestly. So maybe Heedle can add that to his game. He's definitely a shooter. I think he's his shot is underutilized and therefore underappreciated. You know, the goal he scored on Saturday was kind of just a tap in that um, he just had the net was so wide open. And that was, a I think, a perfect example, by the way, Dave, of that line. You know, Panarin probably should have shot the puck when he got it. He probably could have scored from the spot he was in, but he passed up a shot for a an even better chance. And lucky for the Rangers, it went in. If that doesn't happen, if that pass gets poked away or if Heedle whiffs on the shot, it's no chance, it's no shot on goal, it does not add to your expected goals total for the game, and the puck's going the other way with three guys trapped deep. So, um, you know, in the end, look, it turns out to be a goal. Chris Kreider, who's been absolutely magnificent this season, gets the game winner. Beautiful deflection, and the Rangers go home with a uh, 3-2 victory and a 3-2 road trip. So that kind of, like I said, gets us to today. And today is the day that I noticed when I logged on to Twitter in the morning. That Dave seemed to be very mad. And so I wrote here, Dave, why are you mad, bro? Um, I want to I want you to sort of just give us the rant that's been bubbling inside you all day. Um, and then I, I think we will react. But I think you just need to get this off your chest because I think it will help. Perhaps we're performing a little bit of therapy here. But Dave, uh, 
and and I mean, look, Becky, you can jump in. Maybe if I if I hear something that I that I really want to push back on, I'll let you know. But give us the rundown here. And why are you mad? And and why today? What set you off today? Oh, oh, what triggered me today is I had work meetings starting at eight thirty in the morning, and they didn't stop until four thirty. I didn't get time to eat. I didn't get time to do anything. And you guys know me when I don't eat, I get fucking angry, and that's what happened. So angry, yeah. even. Oh, but on the bright side, at like 3.45, one of my meetings ended, and I ran to a local deli and got their coffee that I swear has crack in it, and I felt a lot better after that. But all that with the meetings and all that, I actually had to pay attention, so I was getting like five-minute breaks in between to catch up on shit, and the group chat went into the Brett Howden effect, and that's something we're trademarking. Brett Howden Effect trademark. Uh, trademark 2022. Blue Seat Blogs. Everybody involved. Etc. 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 And that Brett Howden Effect is the Rangers seemingly unwilling to play any kid that may or may not have a spot. It may or may not be ready, but they don't really know. And nobody really knows. They haven't really given us a reason why they're not playing. So they call up Lori Payuniemi to the taxi squad. Fine. And then all of a sudden... He's on the roster because of a COVID protocol, and they still play Greg McKeck. Fine. <laughs> okay. They, uh, then, and then Morgan Barron, same thing, and they still play Greg McKeck. And then Zach Jones, and they still play Libor Hayek. And then, I, I don't fucking know, Tarmo Reunion, and they still play Libor Hayek. And what the actual fuck are they doing? If you don't know, play them. You're telling me that Greg McKegg deserves to play 19 fucking games right now? Greg fucking McKegg? No slight against him. He seems like a great guy with the best name ever. But Morgan Barron is supposed to be a bottom six center. And you got Greg fucking McKegg playing on the third fucking line when half the team has fucking COVID. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, and so back it up, Dave. Just let's clarify <laughs> back it up. the the reason that we're calling this, and I think I think I said this, so I think maybe I, I I'm entitled to more of the rights should this trademark be uh, invoked. You're getting a nickel. The reason we're we're calling this the Greg, uh, the, excuse me, the Brett Howden effect is, I think a lot of us felt that Brett Howden was overexposed. Right, he was a guy that they traded for. He was a first round pick, was supposed to fill a very specific bottom six need, very similar to Morgan Barron. And they just let him play 200 games uninterrupted in the NHL and never sent him to Hartford. He was rarely, maybe once or twice, a healthy scratch. The only time he ever came out of the lineup was, um, you know, maybe for a, a minor injury. The cardio so I, I fucking the point king is, of New York. <laughs> so the point is, they are now trying to do the opposite. And, and he was awful, right? I mean, and, and the Rangers knew it. Every, and, and everybody who watched the Rangers knew it. And he was, by most metrics, the least effective NHL forward in the league. And so, he still scored two I goals think, against the Rangers, one in each no. game that they played. What the, like, seriously? You hold fucking on, kidding hold me? On, hold He's on. been better. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can understand it, though, because they were trying to justify the fact that they got him in a trade and he was supposed to be a big piece of that trade. And they really fucked that up. Like, I can understand that. I can't understand Greg McHugh. And I, I just want to take this moment to call out that immortal Lou friend of the pod, shot club friend of everyone and everyone's liver, um, has been using this hilarious office meme that says you will have Greg McHegg and you'll like it. Like, <laughs> beautifully, consistently. I just want to call you out, Lou. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, you know what, man? Round of applause to you. Yeah, and but every time I, I see it, I fucking you. twitch because it's fucking true. I can't... <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> No, it's true though. It's 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 mind numbing. It's fucking mind numbing, and it's kind of like and like I like Gallant, so this isn't meant to be like a shit on him, but it's like just goes to show you that every fucking coach, every single one of them, is the same in general with that kind of stuff. Like it's like the fucking Tanner Glass thing. Like I'm sure that there's some kind of reason why he's good in the locker room and he's got grit or whatever, but like, why the hell is he playing? And like I'm why? not done yet. I have more. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. I'm literally afraid of you today. The, what's the, next, Dave? The roles are reversed here. Uh, uh, we got the Brad Howden effect out of the way. What's what's next? Now, 
we're talking about Tom, Tomas Hurdle, JT Miller, and all these motherfucking rentals that the Rangers need because they need two tops, one top six, one top nine, and a depth defenseman. Depth defenseman notwithstanding, you know what they shouldn't have done? Had no fucking plan once they traded Buchnevich and the Kravtsov thing didn't happen. I mean, how do you not have a fucking plan? And now you got to go spend real fucking assets to go get these, to go get, what, Hurdle or Pavelski or Stasny or Miller, who, given his cost, is not going to be worth it in this fucking economy. Are you kidding me? And now they got to spend, what, um, at least a first-round pick, probably a second-round pick, probably two of their B prospects and maybe an A prospect to build an actual team that can make a run in the playoffs. And this is really the only year to do it because they have all the cap space. But guess what they shouldn't have fucking done? Traded Bushnevich and not had a backup plan because they knew Kravtsov wasn't happy here. And to top things off, and this is going full QAnon conspiracy theory here, but <laughs> there's probably a part of you that thinks this is true, too, that... Chris Drury got so fucking miffed that Mason Gearston, of all people, was claimed on waivers that he got so paranoid that somebody was going to claim Libor Hayek on waivers because, oh my god, he's the best defenseman in the NHL and somebody's going to fucking claim him. Who was the first on the uh, on the waiver priority list? Probably Arizona. Arizona's going to claim Libor Hayek because they need a solid top four defenseman in Libor fucking Hayek. And now he's on the roster and guess what? There's no room for Vitaly Krasov and he goes full crazy and goes back to Russia because, in all fairness, he probably deserved to make the team, even if his conditioning was a little bit off. You know what? You're playing to game shape, and you're fine. And guess what? The Rangers don't have this fucking issue where they got to trade for more fucking rentals. So now, not only do we have the Brent Howden effect of not willing to play anybody because he's too fucking scared, now you got everything imploding to having to blow up half the farm system because nobody knows what Drury's doing and did their recent success in Igor Shesterkin getting hot actually change their plans? I think so because now they're in on fucking everybody and now the entire farm system's gonna get blown up and I may be a little bit paranoid here but there's not that you tell me there's not a little piece of this like oh shit we're gonna lose anybody that's not on the roster right now because Drury only builds for a video game roster and doesn't actually build to have depth on the roster so that if somebody happens to get hit by a bus they have somebody to replace Place them. I think I took three breaths during all that. <laughs> Are you still going? <sighs> fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. That's all I got. I-, I think I'm done, but I reserve the right to interrupt and get triggered again. Okay. That's fair. So th- the one thing that came up there that I have believed, and everybody told me, no, that's not true because of blah, 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 is that they made the Kravtsov decision because they didn't want to waive Hayek. And and it was a roster size thing because you can only have 23 players on the active roster. The choice came down to either sending Hayek down or sending Kravtsov down. And Kravtsov didn't require, require waivers, so they sent him down. And everybody was like, no, no, no. They, they, you know, you wouldn't do that. It's forward defensemen. It's two different positions. Well, And I'm like, no, I think this was like a roster size issue, especially with a, a new GM, right? Somebody like Chris Drury, who is brand new at this, with all of the pressure on his shoulders. There's no team president who could take, uh, you know, sort of um, who, who would take a, 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 the brunt of the criticism or, or potentially shield you from some criticism. Um, you know, you are it. You're the guy and you're brand new at this. And. Yeah, Mason Geertsen notwithstanding, I think he was worried about about losing a guy uh, that they traded for, for nothing. And then obviously the Kravtsov thing blows up in their face. Um, so, yeah, that to me is the is the number one sin here. Um, I could at least, I'm not I'm not arguing this. I'm not arguing this because I believe it. I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate or thinking from the perspective of the organization. I can see the logic behind your 13th and or 14th forward, depending on how many you carry, uh, your 13th forward, 14th forward being veteran guys, a la Greg McKegg, right? Like 4A players. Look, just to sort of like uh, take the heat off our, of our friend Greg here. The only reason he's played 19 games is because of COVID-19. That's it. He would not have played that much if not for the drip, drip, drip of guys entering COVID protocol one at a time pretty much every day for the last two and a half weeks. 
So I think once this surge is over and once the team gets fully healthy, you will see McKegg out of the lineup. Again, they're still down um, Alexi Lafreniere. So uh, Barkley Goodrow came off of COVID protocol. He's available for the game against the Leafs. Dryden Hunt should be back in the lineup as well. I believe Morgan Barron was sent back to Hartford. So that leaves just wait, uh, Siri? wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! He was sent back to Hartford. Are you fucking kidding me? Was he or was he not? Uh, I thought I saw something. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. I could be wrong about that. And uh, yeah, him playing 19 games is because of COVID. But you're telling me that Morgan Barron, who's supposed to be a bottom six forward and somebody that they really tried to pry out of Cornell early and finally succeeded after his junior year. That he couldn't have played more than six games when Greg fucking McKeg is getting 19? Are you kidding me? Not I directed at fair, you, Rob. T- not directed at you. Directed no, at no, no, no. But, but it's right to Becky's point, though. You know, look, it's it's a it's the coach's security blanket thing. It's Gerard Gallant had him in Florida. He is a penalty killer. He takes face off again. Like spew the cliches. We've all watched and read enough of these fucking interviews over the last however many years, and they go down the list of reasons. Guys like Greg McKegger in the lineup takes face offs, can play anywhere in the lineup, can play multiple positions, kills penalties. You know, blah 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 blah. And again, I'm not agreeing with it, but that is why. And again, then you tie in the Brett Howden effect, the fact that they didn't want to call him up, Baron up too soon. Um, and expose him and, and wreck his game. Because that's the thing about Howden. You know, the Rangers essentially functioned as the Hartford Wolfpack for the Vegas Golden Knights because Howden's been fine in Vegas. He hasn't been great, but he's on a good team. He plays regular minutes on the fourth line. He's got five or six goals. He's doing what a normal NHL fourth liner would do. Um, now, granted, that's not what a 21st overall or whatever the hell pick he was uh, pick should be, but that's what he is. And, you know, the Rangers were basically the, the, uh, the Vegas farm team in that they dealt with him uh, taking his lumps at the pro level and learning the game. And it was it was to their detriment because he was a bad, bad, bad player for them that actively harmed them anytime he was on the ice. So, no, listen, I don't certainly don't like the Greg McKegg thing. I thought he was a decent signing two seasons ago, and I thought it was funny that they brought him back. I thought he was going to be in Hartford the whole year personally. Barron is still up, by the way, based on my very lazy Twitter search. Oh, you just saved another rant. Few. Oh, phew. <laughs> uh, it it Becky, was what's boiling here in Dave? me. It was boiling. What, what, so you, you've had similar moments me? in life. Yeah. Or, <laughs> me? About, yeah. Becky, you I know. learned how to rant Never. from you. <laughs> anyway, the point of the story is I'm not getting a new car. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is my, what's the question? I'm sorry. I feel like. I'm just, 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 just. All right. We've got Dave on the couch here. Um, how do we get Dave through this? He's going through a rough moment, uh, as a Ranger fan, as someone who has a a pretty positive outlook on the team. And I think for a lot of good reasons, by the way, and I'm with you on a lot of them, how do we get Dave back to his normal self? Like, that's not my normal self. I'm that's not your normal self. No, I haven't heard you like that. We've been doing the show for how long for years. And this is our 16th week in a row now, by the way. This Yay. season. Uh, fair, fair, hey, fair. We're rocking it. Um, how do I get Dave off the ledge? Well, I don't know which way to go. So, like, nice me will say, take a, t- take a couple of deep breaths. It's not forever. The team is playing fairly well. Don't at me, stat boys. Um, you know, they're getting wins. They're in good position right now. It'll be okay. Um, I I don't know. Like uh, other what me is evil is, you? Say? I think I think the 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 like true me would seriously just say to you that like it's not that fucking serious, and that's it. And like it's a team. The team's never going to be perfect. You're always going to find a flaw with it. You're completely well within your rights to think that it's fucking stupid to continue to play Greg McKegg, and I completely agree with you, and I do think it's a trend, but I don't think it's a trend that's unique to the New York Rangers. I think if you listen to any other fan podcast, they are likely bitching about something similar. Um, yes. And it's, it's fucking not supposed to be something that stresses you out, and I think that this got me in a little bit of like Twitter trouble this year because I was like, hey, guys, if you fucking hate watching the New York Rangers – 
don't watch the New York Rangers. Oh, I don't hate watching Real them. offended by that. I no, don't I'm not, hate I'm not saying to that extreme. Dave, I'm not saying it's that extreme. I'm saying, though, it's if it if it gets to the point where, like, you consistently feel this way, then, like, it's not fun for you. And, like, I don't know why people do it to themselves. And I'm not saying you. This is not you. I don't think that this is you. But it is supposed to be fun. So your frustrations are valid. Every team goes through it. No team is perfect. No team is ever going to play exactly the way you want them to play. Never going to put the lineup you exactly want them to put out there. There's always going to be something that fucking pisses you off because you care, because you're a fan. Um, And it'll be okay. Like, I really, like, don't think – I don't look at the Rangers and say, like, oh, shit. Like, they're really fucked and they're not going to do anything this year. I fully expect and, like – this is just my expectation. And if I have to eat crow, I really don't give a shit about it because it's hockey and it's not real life. But like, you know, if they're not in the playoffs, then then there's a real problem. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. So like, Wusa. Oh, no, they're, they're going to be in honestly. the playoffs. Like they, they have to have a, a historic collapse to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And like Which as a New York Met fan, I have seen that two years in a row. And like, I just... It's it's this thing I say to to my darling husband all the time. It's like I just don't want to fucking hear it. Like it's not that serious. It's okay. It'll be okay. You'll survive. Oh yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I know I'm gonna be fine. But what terrifies me about this team, and I don't think I've ever turned on any player, coach, front office member as quickly as I've turned on Chris Drury. Right. I, I think that- Chris Drury had. First of all, I'm not. I'm not defending him because I don't like him. But like. He had almost no chance of having any fan actually like him based on the way that the old leadership went out and he was appointed. And then he did that shit with Kravtsov and it was like, all right, well. The Kravtsov shit was like the icing on the cake of whatever the fuck that offseason was. And listen, I I get the listen. I get adding a good locker room presence in Barclay Goodrow. I don't get adding him for six years. I get I'm I'm actually perfectly fine with Ryan Reeves. I love that trade. I still love that trade. Ryan Reeves has not been overly good on the ice, but I still love that trade. Um, the Buchnevich trade was god-awful, and that spiraled into the Kravtsov thing and spiraled into now needing rentals. And now, because I don't think Drury knows how to evaluate anybody, and I don't think he knows how to actually make a fucking trade, now I'm like, okay, so now we're going to give up what? A first and Lundqvist and Kravtsov for Tomas Hurdle and then not have him re-sign because they're going to choose Ryan Strom. And then we're going to give up, what, uh, two seconds for, and uh, I don't know, Zach Jones for Joe Pavelski. And now we don't have any farm system anymore. That's where I think this is going, and I really hope to fucking God I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I really want somebody to take this segment back in what two months when the trade deadline passes and say you were wrong and i'll say yes and i'm happy about it do you want to really be triggered uh what if i told you what if i i said i just listened to you and you're upset about them destroying their farm system but they're not playing their prospects right now because they'd rather play libra hayek and greg mckeg anyway so why do you need a farm system it's interesting (laughs) wow I just did that well, to trigger Dave, to be honest. Yeah, my brain just fucking exploded, and, and you know what, Becky? Um, I'm yeah. gonna pour Jameson into a bottle of Fireball and tell you it's Fireball. Okay, whatever. I don't drink anyway. It's fine. That's a lie. I, I do not. I I rarely drink. That's disappointing. The occasional uh, shot of Fireball, though, during a during a playoff series. That's unfair. yes. Right, well, so. if they're going to play Hayek and McKenna in the playoffs over insert prospect that you want to talk about here, then I got nothing. And on the bright side, they'll be out early in the playoffs, which means I don't really have to worry about missing anything in mid-May when I hopefully go on the second leg of my honeymoon. There you go. See, there's positives to be found. I mean, Dave, listen, here's, here's the bottom line. You did say, and I actually wanted to quickly ask about this, then we'll move on. You said you do enjoy watching this team. And, and oh, I yeah. think, you know, Becky may, actually makes a great point, though, because sometimes the discourse leads me to believe, not from yourself, but from plenty of other people, is like, are you even enjoying this? Like, are, are, are we appreciating what we're watching here? And, you know, whether it's Igor, whether it's Adam Fox, 
Look, Barkley Goodrow, again, contract, cap hit, you want to talk about it. The guy's been pretty good this year for them, um, uh, and and that's all I'm going to say. But there there are things to like about this team. There's a lot of things to like about this team. The progression of Kako, the the flashes from Lafreniere, the flashes from Keandre Miller. I mean, again, I, I, I tend to be an optimist anyway, and this is often how I view this team and view most of the teams I root for. I'm looking for positives anyway, but, you know, like you said, you know, you still enjoy watching this team. I just want to like, what, what do you enjoy most about it? If we could end on a positive note and then we'll move on. What, what What is the thing that you look at and you're like, yeah, actually, this is a good team. This team can do some damage and, and here's why. This team can certainly do damage in the playoffs. I mean, first off, we're watching Igor Shesterkin, who I, I don't understand how the Rangers went from Lundqvist to Shesterkin. That's just yeah, as a goalie myself. That is just watching the calm. Everything hits him in the chest. There's nothing jerky about it. It's all fluid. It's all smooth. And he's just a magician. And he's gonna score a goal. I'm waiting wait. for it. Oh my god, I can't wait. He's gonna score a goal, and I can't wait for him to have more goals than Libor Hayek. <laughs> I am looking so far I don't hate Libor Haya I don't this is like the whole danger already thing over again I don't hate the player I hate how they're being used I hate how the team is so fucking attached to them but I still love my team I, I love that I can put my kid to bed at 7 o'clock and 8 minutes later there's a hockey game on and I can sit with a scotch or whatever I'm having that night and just sit relax enjoy watch hockey uh, watch the team actually play and not give up when they're down a goal five minutes into the game. Now, it's They've been a joy to watch on the ice. They really have been. Frustrating as all hell. Clear roster holes. But I have not had this much fun watching them and watching Kako turn into what he's turned into. Watching what Lafreniere can do when he's actually given top six minutes and power play time. You know, watching Keandre Miller morph into one of the better actual defensive defensemen on the team, which is kind of amazing when you think about it, because he should be one of the more offensive defensemen. Watching Truba lay a gigantic hit on everybody for 10 straight games and getting into <laughs> fights. Oh, man, like that that kind of hockey was fun to watch. There was that stretch in November and December where they were just unbeatable, and every game had Truba laying somebody out, and it was fantastic. This team is fun to watch, but well, I, I still have reasons to, to be mad about where this is going because they could be so much better and they could be a cup-winning team this year had they gotten their heads out of their asses. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you, and I think that they can still be that team, and I think people have, for some reason, there, there's a lot of, and it's recency bias, but there's a lot of, I think, folks who have forgotten that they did really put it together for that good 10-12 game stretch, like you said, November and, in November and December, and they were a legitimately good team that, you know, they went in, went into every game and you felt confident about them going toe-to-toe with whoever they were playing. Now, yes, they did play some weak teams, but there was also a game against Boston in there who's good. There was a game against Toronto in there who's good. There were a couple of other games sprinkled in that, you know, amongst the, you know, I know they played the Columbuses and Chicago's of the world. But um, I think they can get there. And I think they can get there both by getting healthy. And playing a normal schedule again, by the way, because this whole like play a game, have three days off, play five games, you know, in nine days, then have four days off. Like, just give me every other night for a month. Like, where the hell? That was like every friggin' hockey schedule is pretty much every other night for a month. And then you get some back to backs. Then you maybe get the odd three day break. They have not had stretches like that this year. It's always like back to back, then three days off. Then they play every other night for three days. And like, just give me a normal fucking schedule, please. Can we just have that for a month? Let this team get in a groove. Let them run the same lineup every night, which is what Gerard Gallant wants to do anyway. And let the chips fall where they may. I mean, I really think that this team, then you start talking about those additions, which we'll get to in the fan questions, you know, right here, just in a second. Um, I think this team can do some damage. So, um, Becky, any positivity you want to scoop on top there before we move on? No. So we were going to talk specifically about JT Miller, but I think what we should do is let's just skip right to the fan questions Becky, if you want to start with uh, Immortal Lose, I think we can kind of mold the two into uh, into one right right there. Yeah. So Immortal Lou, front of the pod, as we mentioned before, Greg McHegg, graphic design is my passion. 
maker. <laughs> um, Adam Mortalu 30 says, what are your guys' thoughts on the JT Miller rumors? Um, I think I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I think I've said my piece about it, but um, I'm going to pass it to you, Rob. Uh, I mean, I'm down. I think he solves pretty much solves the, the the exact problem that they have, which is they need someone who can play both center and wing in the top six, someone who can, they can move up and down the lineup. Because look, as much as you want to put these lines on paper and plug in the, the right names when they are healthy, and then, yeah, you move Barkley Goodrow down when you make that trade. Maybe you move, uh, you know, you, maybe you do try Kako again, whatever. I don't want to get into the that long discussion. Point is, I'm in for JT Miller. And Dave, I saw a few of your tweets about this. I'm not, you know, a trade market expert. I never remember what guys were previously traded for. I don't understand why the market evolves when it does and when, you know, you can basically just match a trade that was made the previous year or whatever. You mentioned ta- the Taylor Hall trade as a potential comparable. That was like Anders Bjork and a second round pick. Uh, There's a reason behind like that, that tweet, by the way. There's a reason why I Well, said okay. That. Anyway, I'm in, I, but I, I don't think you agree with me, so you go ahead. So, when that for those who don't have Twitter, the Canuck, the, the Canucks <laughs> fan base started like they got hold of this whole Rangers interested in Miller thing, and they were like, "Oh, Schneider, Lundqvist in a first, or Kako in a first, and <laughs> Canucks fans, are you okay? He's like, seriously, like I just had a long rant where I may have forgotten to breathe and lost brain cells through all of it, but even that wasn't as bad as some of the shit I saw on. Tw- oh my god." breathe it'll be okay it'll be fine the canucks aren't that bad well yes they are but they'll be fine eventually (laughs) but But so i I put that out there and then somebody who works in the nhl works for a team who i talk to regularly kind of pinged me on the side and he, he said you know what do you think is a fair trade for miller and I went through the whole bunch of questions, assuming full salary is taken back by the Rangers, confirmed that Kravtsov basically has B-level prospect status at this point, and confirmed at this trade deadline. I went through all that. So I went with I went through and I said, Taylor Hall's trade kind of you know strikes me as a comparable. Um, that was Bjork in a second, and Hall was a true free agent. So I said... That probably goes to Heedle, who's the comparable for Bjork at this point, and a first because of the extra year for Miller's contract. And he said, no, that's probably about where where it would settle. And I was like, oh. And would you would you do that deal? Okay. So I you're gonna hate that I'm not giving a, that I'm not giving a yes or no answer. If they so keep, you're not giving an answer. Uh, um, I don't think I do it. You know what? I'll, I don't think I do it because I don't think the answer is for this year is subtracting from the current roster. Because when you trade Heedle in this deal, now you're opening up another forward spot that they need to fill. And if that's Morgan Barron coming full circle, fine, so be it. But the whole point is to add and to move Hunt down to the fourth line and to keep a fourth line of hopefully, what, Goudreau, Rooney, Hunt, and push Ryan Reeves out of the lineup. Then if that's the goal, you need to add to the roster, not subtract from. And Heedle to Miller at this point for this year is a sideways move for the roster. And now you're also picking Miller over Strom, which I'm actually okay with. I prefer not to remove from the roster, and I think there are ways to get other players that are not going to cost people from the roster. I'm out on Miller, and I know that changes what I said, what, two months ago? But things change. I'm out on Miller, if it's that close. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> our very own Tyler asks, how oh, can anyone... Oh, son of a bitch. Damn it, Tyler. <laughs> 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 we can be quick on this one. I'm not answering. I'm not answering this one. I went. No, I'm not doing it. No. Dave, go on mute for a second. Let me ask the question first. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Mute yourself. How can anyone watch Greg McKegg do ten minutes of cardio every game and not try to upgrade that position with Baron or even Gettinger? 
astute observation, Tyler. It's like you knew what we were going to talk about tonight. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, here. How much time we want to give that? Uh, well, let me just say that. Uh, although Tim Gettinger had some nice moments in the last few games with that fourth line that they put together, I don't think he's a long-term answer in the NHL either. No. So give me Barron, but not Gettinger. Agreed. I agree. All right. And then Bill Tisville, our friend, friend of the pod, asks two questions. One of them is going to make me vomit. This isn't it. <clears throat> Any completely <laughs> out-of-the-box trade targets slash ideas that you're feeling but haven't seen tossed around? Dave, do you want to answer this one or do you still need like a little five-minute breather? Tyler, I hate you. But um, Paul Stasny. Yeah. That has not been discussed at all, and you mentioned that last week, Dave. But that 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 se- to me seems like a great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that. I actually really like that idea too. I know we. Whoa, 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 whoa! You guys aren't allowed to agree with me on this. You guys got to throw names out too. Well, I need I need to think about this, and I don't have any. There was one name that I was thinking about, and now it's escaping me. Um, I can't, and I, I can't, it's not coming back to me at the moment. I, and you know, what's his name? Ricard Raquel, I've said a million times, so I can't just go back to that. Um, man, I mean, if the blue, do the blues need to move people potentially, or are they kind of set? Well, Tarasenko's trade request is still out there. Right. Yeah, but, but the they're other guy doing the blue- well. They're not going to trade him right now. Yeah. Right. They're but like they just, do- just like a little bit worse than the Rangers, I think. Hey, we could trade for Josh Anderson. I'm going to throw you off a bridge. <laughs> That's Larry Brooks's uh, out-of-the-box idea. I am going to throw you off a bridge. I do not even care which bridge it is. <laughs> God damn it. No, I mentioned the Blues because of uh, Robert Thomas. Oh. I really like him. And I don't know, you know, he, it was, he's, he, I don't know if they need to move on. This is my thing. And I, I don't want to sound like an idiot here because it's like, oh, why would they trade him? He's like a young, cost-controlled, middle-six guy uh, for them. But... Um, he, you know, he's kind of like the Vince Dunn thing. And everyone's like, oh, Vince, you know, Vince Dunn, um, is, they want to move Vince Dunn. And we were all like, oh, the Rangers should jump on that. Vince Dunn would be a really good player for them. Um, so I don't know. Robert Thomas is a guy who I just, I like. I also love, uh, Rupe Hints, but I, from Dallas, but I know that they're never going to trade. I mean, he's an excellent player and he'll be, he's young. He'll be part of their next wave. Um, you know, when they finally move on from this core, but um no i don't know i don't know nothing super out of the box really um like i said unless robert thomas is realistic so the blues are second in the central 51 points in 39 games a team that's interesting and should be watched is nashville 40 games played most in the division by five games over minnesota 51 points and really not they really shouldn't be where they are right now uh what do you guys think of Philip Forsberg? I that would be great. That guy, that guy can play, and he can score, and he's got experience, and he profiles as the type of guy the Rangers would would want in uh, at a at, you know in a trade this year. How so about uh, how about Brock Besser? He's not having a great great year. Twenty four years old, RFA. Right wing, top six forward. That fits a lot. That's somebody I would move pieces for. Yeah. And I mean, he's like been pretty consistently like 50 point player, 55 point player in like not quite full seasons. Um, He had a 56 point season in 69 games. That's like generally where he is about 10 less. Like, why not? I don't He's think not that's a, in Vancouver. Yeah, I don't think that's a trade deadline deal. I think that's a draft day deal. But no, mm-hmm. I like I like that Becky a lot. Yeah, and, and they're going to move. I mean, even though they've recovered under under Bruce Boudreaux, they're going to move guys, right? I mean, that it's kind of understood that they're not they're 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 going to be forced into some decisions both at this deadline and 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 on the off season, right? Yeah. I so mean, I'm actually looking at their cap situation. It's not overly terrible. They have. 10 million in cap space, 11 million in cap space for an 82 million dollar cap next year, and they only really have to re sign Besser. Hmm. So, yeah, there's no need for them to move him unless they're actually blowing it up. And 
If they're if the Rangers and Canucks are talking, fuck JT Miller. I want Besser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tired JT Miller, wired Brock Besser. <laughs> <laughs> There's also that whole Miller really wanted out from the Rangers, and yeah. there was that whole thing where he was rumored to be a total dickhead off the ice to basically yeah. everybody. Do you really want to introduce that to the locker room? That's I don't know if like- that's true, but... I mean, where there's no, that's what I said. That's what I said a couple weeks ago when we talked about it initially. Like, it's uh, like, look, I could be wrong. I don't have actual sources. So whatever, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But like, I also don't pretend to be an insider here, but wasn't exactly great. Didn't seem to have a lot of locker room love. So I don't know. I don't know that you need to take that back. Yeah, and, you know, you don't want to overrate these things, but I think a lot of what we've seen this year, you know, again, we're aware of the struggles, the realities of, of, of the Rangers, you know, being inferior in most games in terms of their five-on-five play, but the one thing they have going for them is the locker room, the character of the team, the, the, the you know, the, the um, bend-don't-break mentality, the resilience, of you know, that they always talk about. That stuff is real. It may not be quantifiable, but it's, you know, you can see it and, and the players certainly feel it. And you're right. It certainly is a risk bringing in any type of, um, you know, player that could potentially, uh, you know, stir that up. Whereas, you know, the other guys we're, we're talking about, especially when you get into like the Pavelski, Paul Stastny, um, you know, types, those are guys with like leadership backgrounds, you know, kind of like Pavelski's like USA hockey through and through. So you have all yeah. those connections with Drury. So, um, yeah. Those guys make a lot more sense than JT Miller. Um, and yeah, if you want to go young, uh, Brock Besser is probably the way to go as well. So no, those are good ideas. All right. And final question, also from Built to Spill. <clears throat> this might get him banned. Also, what's an acceptable amount of Islander gear for a Ranger fan to own? I think you know the answer, John what kind Cougar, of Colleen Camp. I think you know what the answer. What kind of question is this? I don't know. Like, are there people out there that do that? Like, are there people that are really Ranger fans that also own Islander gear? The only thing I could possibly imagine, the only justification I could think of right here is if you are a parent and your child decided to spite you and to become an Islander fan and then asks you to buy them, like, shit for Christmas or something. That's literally the only, like, the only thing I can imagine. I know where this is coming from. Um, there was on. this whole thing uh, today, and I kind of saw it from screenshots about there's a Ranger fan that goes to Islander games. Um, her name is Samantha. She's at Let's Do That Without the A Hockey. She's the one that ate the onion. She t- she said, if somebody scores, I'll eat an onion like an apple, and then that happened. So she actually ate an onion okay. like an apple. Okay. That was, that, that was just, first off, awesome. That was one of the funniest videos I've seen. Um, but she apparently goes to Islander games and, I don't know, people lost their minds over it. Who cares? Yeah, okay, that's 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 a Who little... Cares? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I don't I, care about people's fandoms because I'm not, like, yeah. I don't know shit. But, like, it, it, is, it does strike me as odd if you are a fan of rivals, right? Like, I, I will say that, I mean, do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. But yeah. Who gives to a me, shit? it's... Yeah, but like these are these are actual rivals. Where like the Mets and the Yankees, right? I always go back to ba- to baseball. They're not actually rivals. It's no. like there's actually no rivalry. They're not in the same division. They're not in the same. Like if the Yankees do really well, it does not mean the Mets can't do well, and vice versa. But like it's it the Islanders and the the Rangers are actually rivals. So I could see why, like, like I could see how it, like, I find it to be strange, but like, I'm also not like, I don't fucking care, whatever. My whole take on that is a major league quote. When they're arguing about the ball, that's a home run. Uh, uh, Too high, too high. What do you mean too high? Who gives a shit? It's gone. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I agree. I mean, yeah, live and let live. You know, that, that, that said... You know, I, I, I took the question, right, not really knowing a specific instance or if there was like a I guess there was like a dust up about this. Um, I think the correct answer is zero. But, you know, because yeah. uh, they are rivals, like Becky said. But no, I mean, listen, you're going to a game. You want to put on a shirt like whatever. It's That's totally cool. And people can do what they want. Um, you know, do you and, know what's uh, more offensive to me is if you go to a game 
like let's say you're going to like a Rangers Sabres game and you show up in like a Red Wings jersey. Yes. Oh They're yeah, I hate playing. that crap. I could hate not that crap. agree more. That one I like. Hate. Like just you know, here's there's there's actually like no rule that says that you have to wear a jersey when you go to a game. Fun. Yeah, fact. or even a hat or any. Just wear regular clothes like a regular yeah. human being. Like yeah. the whole. You know, I, I went to um, a bunch of like soccer games I, over in England. You know, I, I would go in, to London for work and for, you know, I went on a vacation once and have some friends over there. And, and one of my friends was like, yo, you're like American culture fascination with like wearing jerseys and wearing stuff is like weird because and it's true. Like I went to some games, you know, the scarf thing is one thing. A lot of people have scarves, but not everybody has one. But most people do not wear like paraphernalia. They just wear their normal clothes to the game. Like this is and again, like that's fine. So wear normal clothes, or wear a jersey, or do whatever you want. I but I do agree with you that wearing a the the apparel of a team that is not playing that that game or that night in that arena is very bizarre. It's sus. Behavior. It's sus behavior. Yes, agreed. All right. So, uh, well, that's all we have for questions. Um, also, like you know, shout out to Mika for being the last man in, and then being like, "Thanks, but no thanks." I actually really <laughs> appreciate that on many levels. <laughs> you know, the All Star Game is a joke when the players are like, "Oh, I made it. Cool. I'm not going." I mean, I like really hope that there's nothing serious, but like, like I think Connell said it in our chat. Was just like, I really hope the dude just had a like a vacation plan to the Bahamas and didn't want to cancel. <laughs> like, I feel the same way, and I don't want to. I don't want to. It, like guess that anything is going on he said it was a personal reason and and i will leave it at that but like hey he made it that's awesome yeah i mean they, just had, they have three weeks off who wants to kick off their three-week break with playing a, a game that even the nhl's like yeah fuck this shit i don't care i can't believe they have so much time off i like looked at my yacht like fantasy and it's like this fantasy week will last for four weeks. I was like, what are you talking about? Hasn't every week lasted for four weeks I for like, the last two years? I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was like, I think like I was like the meme where like the person's like has all the numbers and like fractions and, and like formulas behind them. And they just look confused. Like that was me trying to like read that simple <laughs> sentence. I'm like, shit, what's happening? Uh, you're right, though, Becky, and I think as we were wanted to discuss positives, you know, in the aftermath of Dave's rant, that's another one. I mean, Mika Zibanejad makes the all-star team after a very slow start, by the way. And, you know, you look at the Ranger roster, and it is full of all-stars. I mean, Artemi Panarin obviously didn't make it, but he's a one of the top players in the league. Igor Shesterkin did not make it, probably due to injury, but also probably total bullshit. Should have made it over. Who is it? Tristan <laughs> Jari? total uh, bullshit. Yeah. So they have they have five, six All-Stars on this roster. I mean, this is a team, I'll say this, I don't think a fan base has complained ever about a hockey team more than than uh, than this one for a team that has six All-Stars on it, potentially. So, listen, um, I think there's a lot to like here. I, there are certainly issues. We will continue to discuss all that. Um, but yeah, you know, congratulations to Mika and, you know, hope the, hopefully the Rangers can finish strong going into this extended break was obviously supposed to be the Olympic break. There might be some rescheduled games in there. We'll see what happens with all that, but yeah, no, all good stuff, uh, there. So Dave, Becky, any final thoughts before we sign up, sign off, I should say. Sign up. Um, no, just Dave, that, that rant. Very, I'm very excited to get the feedback on that rant. So uh, that might need to be today. clipped and put into a tweet somewhere. Although I don't know if I want to hear my voice. Yeah, I jumped octaves during that. You did. <laughs> you did. I think oh. I'm actually going to clip that and save that for like your 50th birthday. I'm just going to like show up and like do like a fucking John Cusack, like play it on a boombox in front of your house. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 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 I, I don't know. Uh, wow. I'll I got nothing. It. I got nothing. I, 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 you I know what? Can... I'll, if you do it, I'll give you a bottle of scotch. And then I'll splice in share, believe, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> so I, I just want to know what the hell we're going to talk about during that three-week break on this pod. Like Maybe maybe we'll take a little break. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I could always well, talk see. hockey. We'll figure something out. That's yeah. a good That's a good, uh, good question, though, Dave. And maybe something we can get to, fans Something involved. to ponder. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. We'll get some fans. We'll get some more guests as well. We have had some great guests. Been slacking on the interviews lately, so you know. Hopefully, we'll uh, 
we'll get back to that, uh, you know, into February, into March, and then we get into the business end of the season, you know, heading in into the uh, final stretch of the playoffs. So a lot to look forward to. Dave, Becky, as always, been a pleasure, and we will see everybody next week.